Welcome to the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Are you an educator who is currently feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, or wondering if you can continue to do this work? Visualize yourself back in the interview chair. You are genuine, sincere, and full of passion. You convinced the group of people that you were the best person for the job and you believed it. That is the real you. Thank you for joining me as I take you back to the interview chair to remind you of why you wanted to become an educator. Welcome to episode 22 of the interview chair. How we respond is our choice. I believe that many of the issues that we face in schools today are actually and unintentionally created by us, the building and district leaders. Now we don't mean to. I often talk about how we are the undercurrent. In other words, the way we communicate or the way we sometimes fail to communicate, the way we respond, the way we take action, the way we treat the people in the organization. Well, my friends, we, quite frankly, in my opinion, are the undercurrent. It's actually us. Now, I don't expect everyone to agree with me on this point. After all, who wants to admit that they are the problem? Well, I will. And I didn't know it at the time. Quite frankly, my experiences have led me to believe that others like me also just don't see it. Those who do see it and are aware of the problems they're causing are often not sure what to do about it. Then there are those who have come to the realization that they are in over their heads, but are afraid to admit it. Because admitting it means admitting having failed. For many of us who went into leadership roles, that's a hard pill to swallow. Think about it. How many principals do you think have actually walked into their superintendent's office and told their boss, Hey boss, I need to chat with you for a second. Hey, I just wanted you to know, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> My guess is not too many. Well, there are days when we as principals don't know what to do. We hesitate. We want to do the right thing, not only for our students, but for our staff too. But sometimes we don't know what the right thing is. Or maybe we do know, but we hesitate, unsure if it's worth the time and amount of work it may require of us. We worry because we don't want our staff to not feel supported. Sometimes we feel bad because we can see how tired everyone is. We don't know how to make each person feel better. And there are moments when we fall short of expectations or do or say the wrong thing. Now, if you're currently a teacher or a support staff member listening to this podcast, it's really no different, right? It's the same the way we feel about the students in our classrooms, that sometimes, well, we can't fix all the problems, or we worry that they too are tired. And quite frankly, the way we respond to them, well, sometimes we're the undercurrent in the classroom as well. See, at the end of the day, I know this that I've always believed that whether we work at central office or the building level or the classroom level, and I talk about this in Recalibrate, is that we're all responsible for the culture and climate of the organization. These, my friends, are systemic issues. And if we can learn to stay off the perimeter, as I call it, where the classroom blames the building level principal and the building principal level blames the central office and well, central office blames the schools, if we could just stay off the perimeter and recognize that we all contribute to the undercurrents in our organizations, well, then I think we would get a much better response. Well, let's go back to the actual school and campus leaders just for a moment. It's true 
that as principals and superintendents, we know that we are far from perfect. We went into this role believing that we were ready for the challenges that lay ahead of us, but it's impossible to truly understand the complexities of the job and the emotional toll these challenges can take until you're in it. It's one thing I always say, teachers, as critical as sometimes as we are as administrators, remember, unless you've actually sat in that principal's chair, it's really hard to understand what they deal with and what they're going through on a daily basis. And remember, principals, it's no different when we're hypercritical of our superintendents to recognize we've never sat in their chair either. It just changes us sometimes because we don't know what to do. Listen, I feel the frustrations and understand all of our deficiencies, and I appreciate them because I've lived them. I wanted to be great for my staff, for our students, for our, my parents, and my families. And I also know there were times that I let them down. Let's try and give ourselves a little relief by remembering that we make more moment-to-moment -moment decisions than most do. And because of that, it's inevitable that we will unintentionally make errors. However, we must be careful to not allow this to produce a kind of tentative thinking on our part, which could cause us to hesitate, overthink, and not trust our responses. So how can we begin to combat these feelings of inadequacy? Well, begin by reminding yourself that you, like all of us, are a work in progress. We all have our good days, we all have our bad days, our proud moments, and quite frankly, not so proud moments. The next thing we can do is commit to being just a little better each day, a better friend, a better colleague, a better parent, a better spouse, and yes, a better teacher and school leader. This has to begin through personal reflection and a reduction in tentative thinking. Recognize and appreciate the struggle, my friends. People who embrace their struggles seem to be more at peace and much more fulfilled. I once read something that continues to help me reframe my thinking as an educational leader. It goes something like this. The moment you become more convinced about what's in you than you are afraid of what's against you, you'll begin to push the limits of what's possible for your life. That part of knowing what's in you is critical. Because when I read that, I see that is that's a sense of purpose. And I think we need purpose more than we need happiness when we are struggling. Most people I know are trying to find what makes them happy, but deeply fulfilled people seem to know their purpose in life. I think that's because when you know your purpose, you never stop being yourself. And that gives you the strength to face your struggles. Take my friend Jason. I met Jason when I moved to Chicago many years ago, and he served as a doorman at the condominium complex where I lived. And every day as I left or entered my building, Jason was there to greet me with a warm smile and a handshake, and more importantly, he always called me by my name. He didn't just know my name, he knew everyone's name. Jason has this incredible ability to connect with people. He has a genuine persona that others find appealing. I know this because I have stood by and observed him with admiration as he engaged person after person in conversation and asked about a family member by name or ran to open up a door or carry a sack of groceries for a tenant. And when I see others invest their time in something that brings them joy, it's clear to me that they have, a, that they have figured out their sense of purpose. And that's something for Jason was engaging others in conversation and bringing joy to their day, especially when their mood was sour. 
no matter how small the interaction, no matter how small the kind gesture, it always seemed to leave an impression. Jason is great at dealing with unhappy people, but admittedly, that is one area of school life where I struggled early on in my tenure as principal, with people who complained. Let's face it, most of us don't enjoy dealing with complaints. Why? Because they suck the life out of us. And so if you find yourself tired of dealing with students or staff who come across as needy or complaining or even avoiding them altogether, maybe it's time to try a different approach. You just might become a better listener along the way too. So when I finally changed my mindset and approached those who complain differently, I was able to identify some simple steps that I could take to behave my way to a better result. So here are four things I want to leave you with today to help you deal with those that are, well, quite frankly, sucking the life out of you. Number one, just listen. I know it sounds simple, right? But in my experience, I found that most people think they're good listeners, but our behavior indicates otherwise. I mean, how many times have we tried to listen to others only to find ourselves interrupting them in mid-sentence? How about trying to multitask while someone was talking to you? Ever interjected an idea before they finished a thought? In my case, guilty, guilty, and you got it, guilty again. So try this. Focus on a person's every word. Maintain good eye contact and do not give your attention to any other task while someone is talking to you. Number two, ask a follow-up question. I've learned that this sends a strong message that you are interested in what someone has to say. Everyone wants to feel validated when they share a thought, an idea, or a concern. Number three, summarize what they communicate. You won't be able to summarize what the person has shared unless you are completely invested in what they are communicating. Repeating what you have just heard will earn you instant credibility and allow others to truly see that you are a good listener. If you need to, take notes to help frame their thoughts, but maintain eye contact while doing so. Remember, when you summarize, you personalize. Number four, ask what they are willing to invest. This final question is the most crucial step in helping others recognize their own talents and empowering them to not only see themselves as problem solvers, but as solution makers. Asking others what they are willing to invest to help you solve their problem gives them permission to lead, and more importantly, it keeps you from feeling depleted. We become healthier and more effective in leading our classrooms, our buildings, and district offices by performing our duties as educators at a high level without expending ourselves to the point of exhaustion. When we give others permission, whether talking about our students, our support staff, or colleagues, and we invite them to lead with us, we cultivate a community where everyone sees themselves as leaders. What a tremendous feeling it is to help others build their confidence so they can feel capable of being more and doing more than they ever thought possible. Remember, at any given moment on any given day, we can be the undercurrent. We're not trying to be. But how we respond is our choice. My friends, 
it is time to recalibrate. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope that you will join me each week as I take you back to the interview chair, because I know this, that when you sat in that interview chair, that, my friends, was the best version of you. Be sure to check out my website at jimmycostas.com backslash the interview chair for links, resources, and show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at costas underscore jimmy. If you enjoyed today's show from the interview chair, subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts to ensure you never miss an episode.